Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. And we did look like world beaters against Manchester United on Saturday during the last half an hour at least. We'll get into that in a moment. We'll also raise the heat as Frankie asks me another spicy question. But before Frankie poses me that question, it's time I check up on him. Frankie, how's it going? Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you. Um, Buzzing after the weekend, uh, the big result on Saturday, uh, and also buzzing after a launching our youtube channel my goodness we've yeah got, we've, we've gone visual um we were finally in the, the 21st century we've been dragged kicking and screaming into yeah. the new century amazing we're, 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 we're already 22 years into it frank yeah we were pure radio analog that's what we were all about but you know uh yeah we moved in onto youtube um please subscribe just look for all villa no filler on there um, we've put up two interviews, spoke to the great Graham Hunter, one of the best pundits going, I think, to be honest, who I've watched for many, many years. So it was a real honour to get to speak to him uh, all about Coutinho. Um, you can watch that on there. And uh, also Greg O'Keefe from The Athletic, the Everton writer, really fascinating guy as well, telling us all about kind of um, what to expect from Luca Dina and also sort of some of the problems going on at Everton at the moment, which will become more relevant later in this show as we play them this weekend. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I highly recommend people uh, check those videos out, particularly um, I thought the Graham Hunter interview was, was great, a real insight into kind of La Liga football, why things haven't worked out for Coutinho at Barcelona and obviously what um, we can uh, expect from him uh, in a Villa shirt. I mean, we, we certainly saw glimpses of it um, actually, more than glimpses on on Saturday. What a what a part he had to play in uh, in our two all draw against uh, against Man United. We 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 had to we had to dig deep for that for that result, didn't we, Frankie? What did you what did you think of it? Well, I immediately started trying to write a new song for Coutinho as soon as that goal went in. Um, <laughs> you know, a uh, big difference, didn't he? The two goals come about because he's he's on the pitch. First goal, such confidence. Um, you see low centre of gravity running at the defence, scaring the defence. Lovely interchange with Chikani Chukwameka and then the ball across to Jacob Ramsey uh, and a lovely finish from Jacob Ramsey. And then um, the second goal, Coutinho just in the right place at the right time, working again with Jacob Ramsey. And you, those two names you've just mentioned, Jacob Ramsey and Karni Chukwameka, two young players who can learn something from a really experienced world-class player like Coutinho. Um, so that's going to be good for the long term as well. Hopefully, Carnage Wokomeka will sign that contract. Uh, yeah. I really think he should because I don't think there's a better team to be learning up for the next couple of seasons. And if his aim is to get the Champions League one day, well, look, it will happen, you know. But uh, what I'd also say is, you know, it, it was a nice feeling to come out of a Manchester United game being the side that came back um, from two down, you know, how many times in, in the recent past have we seen Manchester United, you know, we've taken a 2-0 lead, a 1-0 lead, uh, and then they've just come back and done us 2-2 or 3-2. Um, so for us to come back and do that showed great character, um, you know, considering as well that we're on the back of quite a poor run of form. I think we'd lost four in a row. Uh, so that was a good sign. 
Um, overall, it's disappointing how we started the game. I, I wouldn't dig out Emmy Martinez. He pulled off some great saves in that game. And I think if anyone's entitled to the occasional mistake, it's probably him because, my word, he really has saved us so much to the point where I would say he's a top three goalkeeper in the world. So, you know, every keeper makes a mistake and it just happened to him on that day. But it was just frustrating that the team as a whole started badly, um, except for, I would say, Emmy Buendia, who was uh, really mm. impressive. And for this, I mean, the second goal that we scored, it was his through ball to uh, uh, Jacob Ramsey, lovely weighted pass. Um, but part of the problem, I think, the Watkins Ings thing, it doesn't work for me at all. I just, I mm. think we've, we've labored the point now enough on this podcast. And I think other podcasts as well as mentioned this quite a lot. So it's not just, it's not just an isolated thing. It seems to be something everybody's noticing. I think that, the, that as a pairing, it doesn't really work. Watkins to me is the man. He just has the higher energy um, as a lone striker. And to have Coutinho and Buendia behind you, threading balls, playmaking, Jacob Ramsey coming up behind you. Oh, I mean, that that to me seems like the way forward, really. But, you know, second half, we, we made that change. And lo and behold, Coutinho comes on, Ing, Ings is off. And I think Villa just played better. Uh, and I think going forward, Coutinho, Buendia and Watkins hopefully will be the front three for me. Uh, would you agree with that? I would, yeah. I mean, what an, attack, uh, what an exciting attacking front three that is for any team in the Premier League, really. I think you're absolutely right about Buendia. He started the season for us, sort of in and out the side a little bit, had a couple of injuries as well, I think, which didn't help. But now he's getting into a real run of games. And, you know, what, what a, you know, what an incentive to play it is for him to have Coutinho the other flank, um, you know, someone as well of sort of South American stock. Um, he must be loving life at Villa Park at the moment. And it was it was an incredible atmosphere. Uh, it really was rocking there. The pyrotechnics before the game, the flags were out, full capacity. Mm. You know, it's it, that's exactly why, you know, Buendia signed, uh, signed the contract for us was to experience nights like that. I think from my perspective, I come away... I mean, obviously, it was great to uh, great to come back and 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 salvage a draw, mm. but I am a little bit disappointed. And I, I know that sounds crazy against um, you know Man United, but ultimately, this is this is probably the weakest Man United we've potentially ever faced. I yeah. think maybe maybe under Fergie they had a couple of sort of ropey sides, but just because of Fergie being Fergie, he managed to galvanise that squad enough to get results over us every single season. But mm. we had a real chance of getting a double over United, a league double over United for the first time in more than sixty years. Mm. Uh, and and again, it's as you mentioned, Frankie. It's it's the it's the age old problem we have. Um, we start too slowly. Yeah, I think Gerard's made that comment a number of times in post match interviews, where he says, "You know, we're not starting on the front foot enough. I have to get it, get into them at half time." <laughs> With you know, that's that's you know, it's a bit of a bit of a um, post post match interview bingo where I hear him say that time and time again now, um, which is really frustrating because. You know, what more of an incentive do you need to start a game quickly than, you know, a rocking Villa Park under mm. the lights against, uh, you know, a, a, a massive team like Man United? Um, I mean, granted, um, it, it could have been different if um, if Fernandez hadn't scored so early on. I think that really uh, rocked us, conceding that early. Um, obviously, that wasn't, you know, the game plan to... To, to for that to happen and obviously it was a, M a Martinez mistake which is so rare no one really mm. expected that to happen as you say he did make amends for it a couple of really good saves I think the Greenwood save stands out for me in the first half in particular 
And, um, you know, I love Martinez, you know, when, when we scored the second, him jumping into the crowd at the end, I think you might have seen the video of him doing that. It's just, mm. you know, he's, he's one of us now, isn't he? It's amazing. He's just, so he's I'll, brilliant. Yeah. I'll never, I'll never criticize Emmy Martinez for the, for, for a mistake, particularly how many games he's, you know, saved us in. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, it is frustrating, which is mad to think that, uh, you know, as an Aston Villa fan, I'm frustrated that we've walked away from a game against Man United without beating them. But mm. Yeah, they were. They 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 certainly were there for the taking. I was really frustrated by the FA Cup result. I yeah. thought, you know, you know, VAR decision aside, I thought our performance enough should have warranted um, us getting through the rounds. And I thought, you know, that would be an, again another incentive to to start strongly in the league game and um, and take it to them, which just didn't quite happen. I'm totally with you with the Watkins Ings uh, situation. Um, yeah. I, I think I think everybody that played that game. I think particularly, you know, Coutinho, obviously, but but Dina had a had a fine debut. I thought um, mm. everybody was 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 a solid kind of eight or nine out of ten. Mings had a really good game, really good game. Um, but yeah, Watkins and Ings, I think they stood out as ones that didn't really settle into things. Yeah, for a lot of the game, I I couldn't even I couldn't even tell that Ings was playing. To be honest, yeah. he had the, he had he had yeah. so little of the ball, so little influence. Um, which was really frustrating, I think. So I think Gerard does have a decision to make now. As you say, it's been it's been long enough. Um, uh, we've had long enough to to see how those two work together. It's just not working at all, is it? Um, no. So I think Gerard has to make a decision to put Ings on the bench. For, for me personally, I think for you as well. And and as as we as we said at, at, the, at the start here, you know, go with Watkins up front and have Wendia and Coutinho playing off him. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, Dina had a had a good game, almost scored first half. Um, certainly looks like a very progressive player. Um, that's what uh, Gregor Keefe told me as well about him from his time at Everton, that maybe in the last year he's not been in the best form at Everton. Um, some of that's probably linked to some of their kind of ongoing issues with managers and things like that as well. Um, but And maybe a Villa move was just what he needed to re-energise himself. Um, a French international, I'm amazed Everton have sold him to us and then just sacked Rafa Benitez days later. Um, that is a club that doesn't look like they're on the way up at the moment, does it? Mm. Um, you know, I would also say, though, that, you know, I saw Morgan Sanson come off the pitch and he kicked over the water bottles and then he explained mm. on Twitter afterwards that that was in frustration at his mistake for the second goal. But I'd also say, yeah, it was it was his pass, but Dini did play, play him into a little bit of trouble, I thought. It was, mm. it was a tough ball to take. But... Enough positives there, I think, to say to, to suggest that Dean is going to be a, a, a an effective player for Villa going forward. Um, that's a couple of exciting signings, which we'll talk about a little bit more in the next section. But yeah, um, I think overall you're right as well. It's disappointing not to come away with a win in either of those United games. Um, for large spells, we were dominant, particularly at Old Trafford. That second half, how on earth we didn't score is just yeah beyond me. And I think that's the that's the conundrum now for, for Gerard is to get us out of, um, you know, that kind of uh, mentality, a team that's just can't go for 90 minutes. You sometimes wonder if that's fitness, maybe um, perhaps he needs a preseason to get Villa to the required fitness levels and maybe a couple more of his own players to come in and um, work effectively in the team. But uh, overall, you know, the positives to take is particularly is, you know, Coutinho coming on doing the business uh, and Jacob Ramsey, I mean, Buendia as well, improving all the time. We've mm-hmm. said it enough times on this podcast as well. Remember Juan Pablo Angel. 
when he joined the Villa, he really struggled. I mean, far worse than Buendia has for the first three months he was at Villa. Then he got his goal against Coventry and it was all good. But Buendia has always looked like he's on the cusp, but it's just not quite clicking for him. And it just looked like it's, in recent games, there's been moments where it's really looked like it's starting to clip and you're really starting to see what he's made of. And hopefully that will just continue. Um, and I think playing alongside Coutinho will probably really, I mean, it really benefit him, to be honest. It's two really creative players. And Jacob Ramsey, I mean, the form he's in at the moment, my goodness, he's really, um, he's looking like, uh, I don't know, he's, he's just got a ceiling that um, could go a lot higher than we probably anticipate. Um, well, well, I, well, I, well, I hate to say, Frankie. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want us to brag on this podcast too much, even though we are a fine podcast. But we <laughs> did, we did say, didn't we? Um, going back a couple of months now, when he first sort of broke through into the first team, and he was having, you know, we saw these glimpses of of of, of quality there that just yeah. weren't maybe strung out across a whole game or a couple of games. But we said, what what he needs is a goal. You know, all mm. he needs is a goal. He needs a run of games. He needs to build up his confidence and belief that he can be you know a really fine player and he got that goal against Arsenal and you know the progression since then has just been astronomical I mean it's 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 been he he looks like a a a real kind of world beater and and what a moment for him to to get a goal in front of the whole tent at Villa Park um, Mm. you know against Man United to get that assist as well a a really a really well worked goal uh, involving a few villa players actually but but to get that cross through to Coutinho to get the equalizer and to celebrate again amongst the amongst the whole end i mean he can he can really push on and i'm seeing you know some some links and comments on social media about how you know he could be pushing for an england call up with the yeah, qatar world cup coming up i mean that would be astonishing kind of meteoric rise if he, <laughs> yeah. if he manages to break into that 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 team um i don't i don't i don't see it happening and also given our yeah. track record of what happens to our players when they're called into the england side <laughs> yeah. i don't really want it to happen as much as it would give me great pride to see him wearing an england shirt um you know the two young guns bellingham and and ramsey the two birmingham lads villa yeah, and blues uh, you know, time you know, birmingham more representation in that i agree Ab- absolutely team, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, you know, I'm always a bit anxious given the whole Grealish debacle that, you know, mm. he'll be tapped up by some players in the squad and he'll <laughs> end up at Man City before you know it. But yeah, yeah he, he's been, he's been amazing. And what, what an experience for him as well to play alongside the likes of uh, Coutinho and have Steven Gerrard, you know, uh, what a midfielder he was in his day. Uh, I say in his day, it was only like 15 years, 10 years ago. For that. Um, what a time to be playing for Villa as a midfielder. I think it's, it's great for him, and I, I just hope he commits to to our club long term. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, he's a lifelong Villa fan. Not that that means much if we go on <laughs> recent history, but uh, yeah. you know, um, it's it's unusual for a twenty year old to be doing what he's doing in the Premier League. You don't get it very often. So you know, getting some really quality goals and. Um, his progression with the ball, uh, assists now he's adding. And as you say, yeah, we've been saying it for a long time. All he needed was a goal and then see where he can go. He got it and look where he's gone, you know, and he's just going to get better and better, hopefully. Um, he's got a bit of aggression about him as well. That's what I, I like him. He's, he's a real... Ian Wright mentioned him on Match of the Day and that was a moment I thought, yeah, here we go. Wrighty knows. Um, but also, George, I, I want to hear where you were when Villa equalised. What, what was going on? Well, um, I was I was at home. Uh, I was uh, I just got, uh, taken my my young son out of the bath. Uh, I was sort of drying his hair, but sort of also paying very close attention to the game. Um, at this point, I think Ramsey had just scored the 
the first goal to make it 2-1 and I was on you know on tenterhooks we were pushing we were pushing I was obviously paying very close attention to uh to little Alfie uh but <laughs> I put him down just to kind of finish getting him getting him changed and then and then Coutinho scored and I was literally charging around his bedroom like an absolute lunatic <laughs> he was like looking at me with fear in his eyes yeah. uh, <laughs> he was like what the hell has happened to this man he's supposed to be taking care of me why am I not dressed yet um, grows, grows up with an yeah. irrational fear of the name Coutinho just like echoes <laughs> his mind yeah. like, dad just screaming Coutinho there's something about him keep me away he wasn't, yeah, the, the contrast in emotions was quite stark in that bedroom. There was a yeah. mixture of fear from, from Alfie and just absolute joy, you know, from, from me. So Put him it off was um, for life. Yeah, I know exactly. Oh, well, that's dear. the thing. I can't, I, can't, I can't wait to kind of um, take him to Villa Park and let him experience the sort of atmosphere firsthand. I mean, knowing, knowing my luck, I'll take him to a game and we'll be playing, you know, <laughs> God knows. <laughs> I mean, given give, give how quickly football can change in five years' time when I might take him to the ground, we could be back in the championship. You know? <laughs> Scarborough. Um, Scarborough. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Scarborough um, come so, away with a 2 0 willing. He's a massive Scarborough fan for life. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, it was it was quite a moment for both of us, but for two very different reasons. All villa, no filler on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. I'm throwing some new flavours into the show to turn the heat up to scorching hot in this The Spicy Question. It's here where we cover the controversial topics and sometimes even get the creative juices flowing. Today, George, I'm asking you all about an exclusive story revealed by The Telegraph on Monday that John McGinn has been targeted by Manchester United. Right, well, Christian Perslow's gone on vacation and you're the Villa CEO for the day, George. United have sent you an official offer for John McGinn. What are you saying to that? What am I saying to that? Well, what I'd do is I'd walk into the dressing room with my iPad and I'll say, John, come over here <laughs> and uh, sit down. And I'd, I'd get up, I'd get up um, a Man United supporters YouTube channel <laughs> over the last three years. <laughs> And I'd say, work your way through all those videos, son, and tell me you want to sign for that club. <laughs> I mean, why on earth? I get it. Obviously, United, massive club, massive mm. club. And I'm not, I, I don't, I don't want to do them any disservice because everybody knows what a huge club they are. But also, what a huge mess Man United are in. I wouldn't, I genuinely, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, under Fergie, if, if United had come in for him, and God knows that happened enough times uh, yeah. at Aston Villa for, with enough of our players, it was very hard to argue the point um, why you should stay at Aston Villa. As, oh, as yeah. much as it Ten pains ago, me to say, yeah. you we would be like, okay, league, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, before you finished that phone call with, with Man United, you knew full well how it was all going to end. Yeah. But we live in a different age now. And, you know... Thing, things have things have changed and and united for all their problems they've yet to find a solution to them yeah and god knows how long it will take for them to figure out what is going wrong at that club for them to be you know turning their fortunes around you know we we are obviously obviously i'm very biased massive villa fan 
Mm. But we we are very it's, it's clear and obvious to everybody that we are a club on the up. We've got a really exciting academy, a really exciting manager who can attract genuinely, legitimately world class players who have played at the very top. I mean, if you told me at the start of this season that we would be signing the third most valuable footballer of all time, <laughs> I would just be I would I mean I just wouldn't be able to believe you. But such is the is the rapid progression that we're we're experiencing at, at Villa Park these days. That who you know who knows what will happen in in the summer, yeah. You know if we have a really strong end to the season, um, and I know I said in previous episodes I don't see us pushing for Europe, but with the likes of Coutinho and Dinia and who else we could bring in before the before the transfer window closes, you know who who, who knows where we can end up. You know yeah. it's not like we're we're massively off um, the European places. You know the teams around us are, are still very inconsistent. There's not a team in 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 form particularly maybe i mean maybe wolves i think are, are looking pretty good in terms of who they could finish maybe sixth yeah um but uh but but there's there's no reason to suggest that we couldn't be up there come may and if we do manage to secure a european spot with the money behind us and, and the gerard factor and everything else then yeah like you know why, why would you, why would you go to a team like Man United when when clearly we're a team that's that's in a much better place? Mm. And also, he's if you look at United's signings in recent seasons, what what's happened? What has gone on there? Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be I'd be point. I'd be I'd be calling Donny Van der Beek's agent and asking <laughs> what's happened. I'd be calling Jaden Sancho's agent oh, and figuring out mad, what's gone on there. Um, you know, they're play they're players in 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 uh, McGinn's position essentially. You know, kind of midfield, kind of looking quite offensive as well. I know McGinn likes to get forward, so they're 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 signing these players. They're making zero difference. Their mm-hmm. their confidence is being knocked, and before you know it, they're going to end up at Newcastle before you know too long. So it's kind of like I don't think, I don't think I would need to have any sort of conversation with McGinn. I think I think he would be, I think he would make it up his own mind. And he seems like someone who's clearly in in for the long haul. He's he's yeah. he's in for the project. He loves the club, like you know, he legitimately does. In a weird way, I think he's more committed to the villa than Grealish ever was, despite mm. despite Grealish um obviously growing up a villa fan. Grealish, Grealish always seemed so keen, so desperate to leave the club. I just don't I don't see McGinn as that sort of personality. Personally, mm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I could be proven wrong. Who knows? But, um, but yeah, I, I genuinely do, don't see McGinn as someone who'd be pushing for a move. Let's put it that way, the way Grealish was. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, it just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen, Frankie. Uh, um, <laughs> just, just, watch, just watch it. Just watch it happen. Yeah. So you remember there's been similar words we were using for Grealish last season. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, he's 27 years old. Turns 28 in October. So he's at his peak now, yeah, and his value will likely dip. So this summer is probably the highest we could probably ever get for him. What did we sign him for? Two million, three million, something like that. And potentially you could sell him, I think, for about 55, 60 million quid. Yeah. He's an exceptional midfielder now, I think. Um, I think he's been he's had some mixed form, but in fairness, he's been playing in a team that's a bit all over the place, and a lot of the time playing out of position, whereas now I think this season he's just been at a really elite level, I think. And, you know, it's not just the kind of play you see on the pitch, it's what you get off it. You know, you read so much about how he's such a leader off the pitch. He's, he's a very funny man. Um, you know, he, he's I've read before, uh, I think it was in The Athletic with Greg Evans, that he's somebody who um, is good at bringing, you know, 
some quieter players out of their shell. So, you know, people like that in dressing rooms are worth millions in themselves, you know? Mm. And the thing is, like, maybe he's exactly what Manchester United needs, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. But having said that, there is nothing about Man United right now that to me looks appealing. I don't think if I was a, an elite level footballer, I would be looking at Man United and going, that's where I want to be. Mm. Just because there just seems to be something that's, like, it's like they just can't get anything right. Like they can, they can spend whatever money they want, but they can't ever seem to get the right manager at the right time. Pochettino was sat there for a year and they didn't get him. You know, maybe they'll get him in this summer if, if he loses Conte. PSG. Conte's Conte was there. right there. Um, and instead, it's kind of this sort of meandering, like, lack of direction that doesn't, I don't know. And like they're saying, they've got Randy King till the end of the season to set up a new philosophy at the club and all that. But I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it just looks to me like somewhere where, like, if Jaden Sancho, who was absolutely brilliant at Borussia Dortmund, or Van der Beek, who was really excellent at Ajax, can both go there and just tail off. Rashford can tail off as much as he did. I mean, mm. that performance against Villa in the old, old Trafford was extraordinary. I, I couldn't believe like how disengaged he looked or something. Something was just off. So obviously, you, you respect the name of Man United. Of course, it's a massive club. And if you're 27 and you know they're off in your Champions League football and God knows what kind of money, you have to respect the professional's outlook and think, you know, I'm not going to get opportunities like this much in my life. But at the same time, I'd be thinking, I'd rather go somewhere else if I was mm. to leave Villa. And I hope that, you know, Stephen Gerrard said he loves John McGinn. You know, I'd like to think McGinn likes it at Villa. I think he does. Um, that's the vibe you really get off him. And I'd like to think that, you know, we can show the kind of ambition and have the kind of culture at Villa that encourages him to want to stay and see through the project and become a Villa legend. Um, obviously, football, that generally doesn't happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the end, you know, not just Man United, but a team like Liverpool... Mm-hmm. or, um, you know, a, a top Champions League team that qualifies for Champions League every year does come in for him. Um, but I I sincerely hope we do keep him. But at the same time as well, you have to think of financial fair play. We're a villa with regards to that. I'm not mm-hmm. sure we're doing too great on that front, actually. Um, but uh, not, not as bad as Everton. Uh, they seem to be really hamstrung by it. But we're... Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, we might have to sell a big player for a lot of money. The hope would be, I think, that we sell players like El Ghazi for 15 million, maybe Trezeguet for 12, 13, and a couple of the younger players, you can maybe get 15 million in for them as well. And that kind of builds up and is how Liverpool managed to do it for a few years with Solanke and Jordan Ebay. So um, there may come a point where we have to sell one of our currently prized assets for quite a lot of money. Um, but hopefully it's not John McGinn this summer. Well, he's he's so he's so instrumental to what we do. I think I think I really genuinely do think we would have beaten United if McGinn played uh, against them uh, on Saturday. Um, I, I read somewhere that, um, that a lot of Man United's attacking uh, play came down the side where McGinn would have been playing. So, um, yeah, he's he's obviously crucial to to how we play. But ultimately, you know, saying taking into account everything I've said already. You know, no, no, there's no, there's no guarantee a player will stay at club as much as you want them to. Mm. And 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 the good thing is though, it's not like it was five or six years ago when essentially we we were willing to accept or at least contemplate any bid that would come in for any player. 
um now we're, we're in such a strong position where you know if you do want to come in for one of our first team starters then you got to pay for it <laughs> you know yeah. you can't just have McGinn on the cheap um you know he'll command a much <laughs> a vastly greater figure than the, the amount we paid hibs for i i really hope they inserted a, a sell-on clause from their perspective i think they did um they did well there we yeah, are yeah, i mean that would be yeah. that'd be a huge move for um for hibs if <laughs> uh if um if mcginn did did join a, a, a another club um but but you know talking about united again if, if if you're an elite player they'll be interested in you from numerous clubs so it's not like i don't think united would be his only option as you mentioned i think i think he would be great at liverpool to be honest i think he would he would yeah, be I think absolutely yeah. one of <laughs> one of klopp's players it would fit yeah. like a glove so you know if if there was some sort of bidding war for him and mcginn had the choice to go somewhere hypothetically obviously then again united would be slipping down the list of places i'd i'd want to go if i was a mm. midfielder or you know a, a player that was touted to to move on to um to you know these huge champions league clubs uh but but who knows you know it's 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 always one of those ones where every player it feels like these days has a price but it's just it we as i said we're in a, such a good position where we can we can command that price um and ultimately that's that can be beneficial for the whole club can't it absolutely That was the spicy question and both George and I would love to see John McGinn reject Manchester United and stay at Aston Villa. If you agree with that or you think it's wishful thinking on our part, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or you can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com That's allvillanofiller at gmail.com Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game on Saturday. It's Everton away. Uh, on Sunday, they sacked their manager, Rafa Benitez, after a 2-1 loss to Dean Smith's Norwich. Uh, Frankie, do you think that might re-energise them for this weekend? There's a lot to talk about. I mean, this is crazy, but Roberto Martinez uh, imminently taking over, retaking over, having obviously previously managed them. <sighs> Everton seemed to be in a lot of problems at the moment mm. frankly but do you, do you think getting rid of Benitez as a starting point will energize them against us it felt like it had to happen didn't it one win in 13 one mm. win in 13 losing to Norwich I mean god when we played Norwich last month they looked abject um so to be losing 2-1 uh, to them after you know and then one win in 13 suggests some real real toxic issues there um you know we just mentioned man united looking like a club that something's not right and everton have that vibe as well at the moment i think um everton and villa obviously we're almost like you know mirror reflections of each other sometimes the way we are and the sort of fortunes we go through and everton seems to be going through a spell that's quite reminiscent of villa maybe sort of in the it, early it, days mm. of post o'neill um, and yeah. need to be very, very careful um, because that can go south very quickly. Um, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be worried. If I was an Everton fan, you'd be worried. Clubs will start coming in for players like Calvert Lewin. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and and you know because they'll be looking at the project and thinking, what is Mashiri, you know, their owner doing? Yeah. Why have they brought Martinez back? Uh, you know, and you'd be thinking and maybe speaking to your agent about, you know, get me out, like, <laughs> yeah. get me out of this club. 
Um, so I would be worried if I was an Everton fan for sure because we, you know, we've lived it, haven't we? Really? Yeah. I mean, the Martinez returning. I mean, he's done. You know, he's he's had he's had a good uh, a mixed track record as a manager. He's had some good times as a manager. The FA Cup win with Wigan, um, Everton. He finished fifth in his first season there. They played some good football, and then Belgium. There's been moments they've not won anything, but there's been moments of you know third place in the World Cup. So he's had success as a manager, but he's also had some spells where it's really gone downhill fast. And Everton, he's probably, yeah, maybe he'd come in and re-energise them, I think. But um, they certainly need something because with Benitez, it was just toxic from the start, wasn't it? A former Liverpool manager, they weren't, I don't think there was ever a good relationship with him. Um, then they got rid of the head of recruitment, I saw, head mm-hmm. of medical staff. He falls out with Luca Dina and they sell Dina last week to us. They're like Villa, who are like a direct rival. How how and then sat the manager three days later. That's extraordinary. And you're yeah. right about Calvert Lewin. He's a, he's their blue chip player, isn't he? And I, I keep looking at Arsenal and thinking those two strikers are going. I think Lacazette and Aubameyang. And this summer, if they get in the Champions League, Arteta, um, he'll want to spend the money. And uh, Calvert Lewin's probably a prime target for a team like Arsenal. I'd have thought. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, obviously this isn't, this isn't an Everton podcast, but <laughs> yeah. um, but um, just to kind of go back to your point about them getting rid of um, Marcel Brands, their director of football, hmm. who then appoints the manager? <laughs> because surely that's the director of football's remit to appoint yeah. the manager. So, so then you're thinking, well, it's the owner then who's, who's deciding you know, someone, someone who doesn't necessarily know football particularly well, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I would be very, as I said, I'd be very worried with all this going on. They've decided to basically get rid of everybody, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, both, both kind of on the pitch in terms of their better players like Dina yeah. uh, and, uh, and, and off the pitch Rafa and, and, um, and, uh, and, and their director of football. Yeah. And, and and all this comes at a point where they're signing players as well. So who's yeah who's giving the green light to the Algarzi signing or the um or I think they signed uh, they signed a couple of fullbacks I, as well. I read who, that who Benitez. That? I read that Benitez didn't want Algarzi. I read the other day, which is like good lord, that just sounds like dysfunction. But and, and if you're if you if you're Algarzi, you've literally just signed. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And your new manager, who brought you in, whether he wanted you or not, has yeah. gone. They'll be bringing somebody else in that has no, you know, may have no interest in you. So what, what do you do? You're, you're I mean, on, you're on loan anyway. So there's no, yeah. you know, just for for any new manager to play you because because you know you're not their player. Yeah. So it's you know. I mean, I, I look at I'm looking at their team. You know, they're playing four four two on the Benitez. Now it might change. The thing is, like you know, the new manager bounce a team that's need you know needs to be re-energized. The crowd will be up for it because Benitez is gone. So. It'll be an unusual um, atmosphere for Villa to walk into at Goodison Park and quite unpredictable. Um, mm-hmm. What I would say is we have a really good recent record against Everton. Um, we don't seem to, we beat them two one last season. El Ghazi scoring a screamer. Beat them three 0 this season. Leon Bailey's out, but he was like the key to that win. Um, so you know you're looking at Calvert Lewin's back for them. So obviously that's a threat. Uh, Damari Gray is, has done well this season, so you would look at him as a potential threat. Richarlison is back, sharp. You know, he scored. Didn't he? So, what a goal as well! He scored yeah. against. Uh, so they absolutely have the players to hurt us, and I think they will go go at us. You know, high energy for the first um, bit of the game, but you know, um, Villa, Steven Gerrard returning. 
you know, as the ex-Liverpool man that, you know, I think we're all getting bored of hearing the constant like Liverpool mentions. But at the same time, that does have an impact, I think, going to Everton away. Uh, adds a little bit of a storyline to it. Coutinho going back there. Um, Coutinho, Buendia behind Watkins is the way I would go. Uh, or is just a 4-3-3 uh, up front. And then you've got Ramsey, McGinn and Louise, unless we can get a DM in um, before the game. Uh, that's probably the way I would shape up. Although, to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if Carney Chukwameka's knocking on the door of a of a start soon. Um, mm-hmm. God, look at me using cliches, knocking on the door. <laughs> Football cliches, six of one and half a dozen of the other. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, if he's getting a start soon. But, um, yeah, this weekend, I, I think it will be McGinn, uh, Louise and uh, Jacob Ramsey probably is that middle three, and I think that I think they can handle Ducori and Andre Gomez in the middle. So uh, I think I think Everton are there to be beat, and I think we will beat them. Well, which brings me on to the question then, Frankie. Uh, if you do think we'll beat them, what do you think the score is going to be? I'm going to say we do them three one. Three one. First win in a while, and the caveat being that if we have a bad spell in this game, as we keep seem to keep having. In recent games, if Everton can damage us in those in that spell, then well, we're asking for trouble, aren't we? But I think overall, because they're hard to predict, but they're not they're in bad form. I think we might just go and do it three one. Coutinho again making a difference. See, I'm a bit. I, I it's it's funny thinking about a game at the sort of middle end of January and thinking it, it, it as must win, but. If we do, if we do want to make a push for Europe, then we need to really go on a run. We need, we need to start winning games and having that consistency. And I appreciate under Gerard so far the games that we've lost, apart from Brentford, have been against uh, the, the, you know, the top sides, the sides at the top of the division at least. Um, but as I said, if we, if we do want to march at the table quickly and, and really stake a claim for Europe, we need to start. Um, getting a run of wins. Mm. I'm a bit anxious about this game. I mean, obviously, if if, if Benitez had stayed for another game I'd be much more confident that we could we could have been that final nail in the coffin to be honest um, yeah. so it's a bit of a shame that they've decided to uh, to get rid of him before we play uh, Everton I'm also a bit anxious I don't know how far the Martinez appointment is if that's the way that they're going it looks certainly looks that way from what you know uh, David Ornstein's been tweeting this evening right um, that uh, that Martinez is the man that's going to take over either on an interim or full-time basis that's still to be ironed out but whether that's ironed out in time for the game, I don't know. Yeah. If it's not, I'm almost more worried about the Duncan Ferguson effect. <laughs> yeah. I am because he he is he is so obviously revered uh, up at Goodison Park when he when he actually took him on t- uh, took over on on an interim basis before Angelotti took over. He did manage to get some really good results. Um, you know, it's it's quite surprising really that he's not being considered seemingly for the for the full-time position mm. or at least given the job until the end of uh, the season which I think a lot of Everton fans would want given the mm. alternatives um so uh, you know Goodison Park will be rocking post uh, Benitez that is what I worry about but again I go I go back to my earlier point of the reasons why we sign more experience is to manage um the pressures that come in situations like that the return of Luca Dean, you know, yeah. back to Goodison Park will be an interesting yeah. and, a, and a sideshow as well. You know how I'm sure he'll be up for it and will be, you know, trying to trying to contribute for us. And God, what he'd love it if he could, if he could score. But um, I am a bit wary, and I I don't see Everton beating us, but I could totally see them 
sort of preventing us playing our football you know mm. putting in particularly with Ferguson there he'd be he'd be saying listen just fight for every ball um, um, just just try and prevent Villa from playing that could really disrupt us so as much as I would want us to win obviously I, I can see this maybe becoming a bit of a bit of a sort of boring draw and I think okay. it might be one all one all I think that's yeah a, that's a fair shout you're right the Duncan Ferguson effect might Short term might just help them through it. Um, and we're very unpredictable, which is really annoying. But I don't know, the, the Coutinho thing. The Coutinho yeah, thing I mean, yeah, absolutely. Me. Absolutely. I mean, you know, again, we, we just need to start games strongly. Yeah. I don't I don't want to I don't want to go back on this podcast again in, you know, a few days' time and say, oh god, if only if only we didn't concede in the first 15 minutes again, or, <laughs> yeah. you know. Oh um, another then, mistake. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and 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 stop shooting ourselves in the foot because we've yeah. done that a few times now, um, where you know it's been individual errors that have cost us. Even though the team, the general team performance has been very good, yeah, you know, for one reason or another, there's been some sort of defensive howler or or, or a missed back pass or whatever, and that's been mm. that's been our downfall. If we can iron those out and play the way we've been playing, then yeah, absolutely, we can beat anyone in the league playing like that. Really, I do, I do, I do genuinely believe that, but. We've got to get to that stage where we've got to be consistent. We've got to be winning games because we're not going to we're not going to push for the European places if we don't. Okay, that's that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Zelinsky. See you later, Frankie. Catch you in a bit, George. Up the villa, up the villa, and it is goodbye from me. We'll be back to review that Everton game over the weekend. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. Mm-hmm.